York County is so much more than just a stop for gas on I-8. 17 County is filled with unique individuals with unique stories just waiting to be told. Welcome to the 17 County Podcast with your host, Emily Perry. This is 17 County Podcast. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, and listen. This helps our podcast grow, and we thank you for your continued support. We would also like to take the time to thank our York County Development Corporation members, Agriproducts, Cornerstone Bank, Nebraska Public Power District, and Central Valley Ag. Without these great members, we wouldn't be able to focus on the growth and development of York County here at the YCDC. So thank you. Let's get to the podcast. Today we have a woman with us who does a little bit of everything. April McDaniel is a wife, mom, CPA, and co-founder of Living in the Right Lane. She's passionate about perseverance and often shares her insights on finding strength through adversity. Um, She emphasizes the transformative power of healing through helping others. So thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me, Emily. Yeah, absolutely. I know for myself, at least, I'm very, very excited to have you here. You have some really amazing stories to tell. So I guess let's just jump right into it. What is your story? I mean, let's start at the beginning. I know, I know. (laughs) Well, um, so... I guess I could start back from probably even in my adolescent years. I think that everyone goes through different things and the definition of hard is relative, right? Uh So what was hard for me might be somebody's daily life Mm -hmm. and it's not hard for them. But growing up, I would say I had a typical American family, you know, mom, dad, and I have three brothers and sisters and Things changed a lot, probably around the time I was eight years old. My parents started arguing a lot. Mm. Lots of alcoholism involved, Mm. um, at least on one side of that. And so that was really where I figured out that things can be hard. And I think that in your life, you have different things that really change your perspective on the future for Mm. you. And when my parents divorced, it certainly changed my perspective on things. Yeah. And... Saw my mom try to raise four kids and do that, working three jobs, going back to college. You know, we lost the house. We were the family on food stamps, you know, um, had neighbors upon neighbors reaching out to help us. And when you're 10 years old, you don't realize that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. But as you get older, you realize that those people, those neighbors, the church, that's kind of who picked you up. And so... I, since then, I've just realized that, you know, you can take things like that and you can do good things with them or you can fall into those things that maybe happened during your life. And so I could be an alcoholic. Right. I could have failed marriages or I can choose to work on those things so that I don't have that. Yeah. And um, so that was probably the first thing. It also made me realize that, and this is going to sound probably bad to some people, but it was my my view at the time, was I never wanted to have to depend on someone else to support me. Yeah, right. And so as a woman, that meant get a really good education, mm-hmm. get a really good job. If I ever had to support children on my own, be prepared to do that. Yeah. Now, God willing, I never do. I mean, obviously, I love my husband. Yeah. Um, Brian and I have been married for almost 20 years, and um, that's taught me a lot of things, too. Mm-hmm. But I think that that kind of started things for me. 
it was what I saw. I saw my mom struggle. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Mm. I'm going to figure out how not to do that. And for me, that was climb the corporate ladder. It was how do you make the money that you need in order to be successful? So things changed. Obviously, like I said, there's different things that define you over life, but that was probably the first one. And then we had, um, I met my husband, Brian, when I graduated college and uh, we did long distance relationships. I'm from Iowa originally, Mm -hmm. and we dated long distance. He was living out here in Nebraska, uh, actually out by Henderson. And I was uh, working for one of the top accounting firms in the world. Uh, You don't give up that opportunity (laughs) when you have it, even if you're in love. So I did that, got some experience and then moved out here. Mm -hmm. And I've been in York County ever since, lived in York for a short time. Brian got deployed. I was here, I think four or five months and he got deployed. And so uh, we bought a place, I moved in, he stayed one night, he left for Bosnia for about nine months. Wow. And so then, you know, that's the next step of adversity, right? What do you do? Yeah. You know, I'm living on an acreage, I'm by myself. I had great, again, great people around me to help me. A great church family, a great group of friends, wonderful in-laws, you know. And mm. so uh, just depending on those people and realizing, okay, I can get through this, yeah. you know. That life that I'm looking forward to at that time with Brian and still today was, it's worth that. It's worth that to just keep working on it. And so I uh, learned a lot of t- things during that time, a ton of stuff. Uh, mice are very prevalent during harvest <laughs> season when, oh. you live in the, when you live in the sticks, I guess, or live out in the country. And um, also learned how much I love, love being in New York County, love mm. being in this area. Just people care about you. Yeah. Absolutely. And I changed jobs uh, through that time, too, or shortly after Brian and I got married. Um, Him and I uh, had our son, Lane, and uh, we were blessed to have Lane. Lane was uh, born early, but very healthy. And, of course, like all parents, you know, you have this dream of having healthy children, having this journey of, oh, we're going to have whatever that number is. For Brian and I, it was, we're going to have a gazillion children. (laughs) And um, so that started very early for us. We got married in September of 2004, and we had Lane uh, nine weeks early, but in July of 2005. Mm -hmm. And life changed very much, very drastically for us about one month after he was with us. Uh, Lane got very sick. And he became lethargic, and we ended up having to um, call the ambulance. And he was baptized under danger of death, mm-hmm. which is a Catholic thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was baptized under danger of death while here at the ER in York. We're transferred then back to St. Elizabeth's, uh, which we had spent some time there when he was a preemie, and then found out that he had contracted what's called group beta strep. Uh, through probably a bad blood stick mm. while in the neonatal unit. Uh, typically, that's a disease or an uh, illness that's passed through a mom, but I was not positive for that. Mm. It was something they tested me for. So um, went back to the emergency room, went back to the hospital, and found out that he had contracted this. It caused meningitis, and life just stopped. Right. I mean, it was, what do we, what do you do? You know, he was on full life support for a while. Um, Every single stat he had was fatal. And again, you go back to your neighbors and your friends and your prayer circle. And we just pray. There were so many prayers. And I believe that the reason Lane was with us was because of those prayers. Mm -hmm. 
um, about two weeks into, maybe not even quite two weeks into his stay at St. Elizabeth's Brian's uh, Nebraska Army National Guard unit got deployed again. Um, and he, uh, because Brian was a, a good soldier um, mm -hmm. and had done a lot of things right while being in the reserves, um, his commander allowed him to stay stateside. Good. And that was a big blessing. Yeah. As a mom, as a new mom, you have all these hormones, of mm -hmm. course, happening. Um, and uh, I think, I really think that that was another defining moment for us. It was, you know, Brian, if you're not here, I don't know that I mentally can do this. Like mm -hmm. it was, you know, imagine the thought of losing a child, you know, and you're going through that and it's your first baby. And it was, it was very, very hard. Um, may go fast forward through that a little bit just because otherwise this could take a year yeah. um you know we uh, we were able to bring lane home he ended up um having to have a brain surgery and different mm -hmm. things but when we came home he was um he we knew he was going to be delayed we really didn't know what to expect we had mm -hmm. a wonderful pediatrician in lincoln dr scott applegate who said let lane show you mm -hmm. you know there were doctors that said lane will be in a vegetative state his entire life you know just kind of get over it and wow. and Dr. Applegate said let him show you and we decided then that that was the that was what we were going to follow it wasn't the negative it was the positive and I I think that's the thing in everything yeah you know you can choose to sit in your pity and think you have to stay there or you figure it out and you move forward you know what's the what's the thing that you're thankful for and at that point I could have focused on the fact that he got sick and it wasn't my fault. Somebody else got him sick. I could have focused on a ton of different things, but instead it was, let's focus on giving him the best life mm -hmm. and all that. So we, again, had great people around us. Um, had my daughter, Samantha, 11 months after Lane was born. And, uh, you know, we were on this journey, a ton of kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was the journey. And um, uh, figured out then that... Uh, changing jobs was something that had to happen. And uh, so I made a change. And still I was searching for this personal growth opportunity, right? I still right. hadn't figured out, and I have figured it out now, but I hadn't figured out that that, that goal really wasn't what was important, you know? That really wasn't it, but I hadn't figured it out yet. And so, um, you know, we had Samantha. Samantha was also a preemie. Um, I had a uterine rupture during oh, wow. delivery for her, well, before delivery for her. Um, the doctor said, you know, Brian and April, you might want to slow this down. You're probably, we're going to lose you or a baby. And we said, okay, well, we're not ready to give up. If God says it's time to give up, we'll give up, but we'll give it a little time. So we waited a while um, and then ended up having some fertility problems when mm -hmm. we tried to have our daughter, Lacey. Um, and during this time, Lane was... Um, Samantha was developing normally, you know, uh, all the exciting things about having a little girl were happening. Lane was doing exciting things too. You know, he learned out how to sit up on his own and he could walk with some support. And while he couldn't say mom or dad, you know, I want a cracker or anything like that, he was full of life and just an amazing kiddo. We fought the battles for him to go to Catholic school. Um, we fought the battles to get some additional health care for him. I became very, very involved in the legislative process, mm -hmm. arguing for benefits for him, um, 
just a ton of different things. We had great daycare for him at first step here in town. We also had daycare, uh, a home daycare for quite a while that was wonderful. And we just were very surrounded by people that helped support us mm -hmm. and kept kept moving forward. Um, after, so Lacey was born, um, that would have been in 2011. She was a preemie too. <laughs> and uh, then they said, you gotta stop. So we did, we decided that was it. Um, and, and that's okay, I think, you know, sometimes the thing about having life goals and at that, that for, for children, it was a lot. Right. But sometimes you have to adjust your goals and be happy with what you have. Yeah. And so three was a great number, it's fine. Um, in 2014, Lane died. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm gonna try not to get emotional, yeah. but you know, he, uh, it was very much a surprise. We had planned for Lane to be with us her entire life. Um, he just didn't wake up. And uh, we, obviously there's a ton of stuff you go through there, a lot of dark days. Yeah. A lot of very, yeah. very dark days. And you know, when I hear somebody losing a child, you know, we're, we're, we'll be 10 years out from that in March. And when I hear about somebody losing a child, now I can reach out to them and say, you know, I hope God gives you some light during these dark days. I know how it is. How's the sun coming up? I can't believe the sun is even rising. Right. I'm looking at the highway and there's cars going by. Why? How can they be driving? Yeah. You know? And because, again, it's all relative. That's what I was going through at the moment. Right. And, you know, you, again, your community surrounds you and everybody helps you. And we had so many people that supported us. And um, we had, uh, you know, great, a great group of people that knew that Brian and I had really wanted to start something bigger than um, just our own personal story and helping other families that have kids mm -hmm. with special needs kind of navigate life and not, not a ton of money. I mean, we didn't have a ton of money. Right. And, uh, but we knew a lot of things. We knew there's a process that government goes through to determine whether a child qualifies for benefits. We fought that battle. We fought the battle with the schools. We had great support from a cool junction public schools that allowed Lane to go to Catholic school and they provide support for us. You know, yeah. we had the Catholic school that welcomed him. Uh, Monsignor Reinert was an amazing priest that worked with Lane. Um, lots of great teachers, lots of great paras. Oh my God, it was a village, right? Right. And so, in July of 15, so it had been a little over a year, we had put the workings together to utilize all of the funds that we received at most memorial funds to start living in the right lane. Oh. And living in the right lane um, is a nonprofit. Uh, it's, it's a tax qualified 501c3, and we help other families, you know, from just prayer support to, I say just prayer, but that's the biggest thing you can probably do for somebody, in my opinion. Yeah. To, um, you know, they can't get to Children's Hospital because their van needs new tires. Well, let's put them on it, you know. Um, they, they need money to pay for gas or they need uh, maybe some funds to uh, pay for Christmas this year because they've spent six months at Children's Hospital. Yeah. I don't think people realize when you have a child that's disabled what a stress that puts on the family. You know, finding daycare, which I'm involved, of course, in York County Kids, which is a new organization that really hasn't even breath, breathed life yet into, right. the, into the community, but it's coming, where, you know, the trying to put a, a specific um, 
I guess, effort into having quality childcare. We have a lot of it here, but we don't have enough, right? right. And and so, you know, we with living in the right lane, uh, one of the things that we do is try to help them. Like, how do we help you find respite care? Mm-hmm. Brian and I have done respite care over the years for families, kids that have autism, uh, fragile X syndrome, kids with feeding tubes. You know, imagine, Emily, you're so blessed. You have healthy children. Absolutely. But imagine having to find even just a sitter to go out for date night if one of your kiddos was on heart medicine, had a feeding tube, maybe was on breathing treatments, all these things. And obviously you first go to your family for that help, but that's a lifelong thing for some of these kiddos and families. And sometimes people's families get burned out. Yeah. You know, or they're scared. That's terrifying. They're scared. And so Brian and I have done that over the years. So we try to help with that. Um, Just a ton of different things. Mm -hmm. You know, we've had, uh, I can say, probably four or five kiddos that their parents have tried to get them additional health insurance through Medicaid. And clearly they should qualify. They have the disabilities. It shouldn't be a problem at all, but they're fighting. They're fighting and fighting. So we've helped that. Um, And it's just, I really think for us as a family, we're so busy. You know, uh, late Samantha is a senior this year. She'll be moving to St. Louis to play uh, college softball wow. and to, uh, of course, uh, most important thing, of course, is to get to get a degree too. She's very interested in the health field, and so she's uh, going down there to hopefully at some point get into flight medicine. Wow! So it's really really That's cool. Awesome. Um, I think a lot of that comes from her upbringing. You know, yeah. she was right there taking care of Lane. And it was hard. It was hard. She was. Um, they were in the same grade at school when Lane passed away. She was seven. He was eight. You know. And I think that's shaped her. Absolutely. Absolutely has shaped her. Yeah. Um, Lacey's. Uh, Lacey's now twelve. You know. She was two when Lane passed away. What she has of Lane is our memories. You know. She doesn't remember a lot. But what I can do for both of those girls and my husband is through living in the right lane. When we are struggling as a family to bring ourselves together, so we're all busy, we're all doing all kinds of things, and we can't figure out how to connect with each other again, Mm -hmm. that's how you connect. I'm going to help somebody else. That's awesome. And I think that not only does it create really great endorphins for you, happy endorphins, Mm -hmm. it also, the blessing you give that other family. And it's as simple as creating that prayer group or... Mm -hmm. I'm recognizing, I'm seeing you. I see you. I see you driving down to children's every day. Right. I see what you're doing because I've lived it and I know it. And then I think the other part is the grief side of it. You know, yeah. you just, so many families, um, I say to a lot of people, a lot of people went to a funeral that day and then they went home. Yeah. And they moved on. And for families that lose somebody, whether it's a child or it's a spouse or an aunt or a grandma or grandpa, whatever it is, I'm not saying my story is the worst story, best story. I'm just saying that it's all relative. And I want people to know that I see them. You know, I remember that. I remember those families that have lost children. Right. That date's on my calendar. I reach out to them and say, I'm thinking about you. I remember Cessna, you know, Peyton, Parker, Isaac, you know, um, there's other kiddos. But it's just, you know, I think it's important to see them. 
Absolutely. And so I think the, there's so much power in helping other people because it can bring you peace. You know, and again, it would have been the perfect opportunity for me to go back to those things I had when I was growing up, the alcohol, the fighting, yeah. and for that to have ruined Ryan and I's marriage. It would have been easy to that, for that to happen. And it happens in so many marriages right. after you lose a child. And um, it, it takes work. I'm not saying Brian and I never have argued. I'm not saying that we've never probably uh, went to alcohol when things were hard. Um, because I'd be the first to admit in those first couple months, it was easy to have a glass of wine at night just to help my body relax and go to bed. Right. Now, I know medically that's not really what happens. I get it. But, like, it's just easy to fall into that. And I think you have to, you kind of have to flip the switch. Right. You have to flip the switch and you have to realize... I am choosing to be where I am today, right? Every day is new, and I can choose to stay in that or I can move forward from it. And so what I teach a lot when I do um, public speaking things um, that are personal in nature, obviously right. with COPSA OD and my job at COPSA OD as a CPA, I do education and I teach on tax and I teach on businesses and I do all that as well. But when I teach about my personal story and teach kids about and adults about um, what I think is really important. It is rising up from your situation, whatever it is, and knowing that you are in control of it. I'm the second. I'm president and CEO of Agri Products in York, Nebraska. We are a manufacturer of quality equipment, uh, grain handling food storage, food service. And if you ever want to get a hold of us, you can get on our website or you can contact us at 402-362-5500. Thank you. That's my story. Oh, <laughs> That's my story. That's wow. a lot, isn't it? It's so much. But it's, it's good. So it's, you know, and it's not over. It's Absolutely. not over. I mean, there's going to be something else. God forbid I lose a child again. God forbid that. But I I realize that, you know, there's there's a lot of scripture that lends to the fact that that suffering is part of being a Christian. Yeah. It's part of it's part of realizing what when when God gave Jesus to us, you know, and that'll and he allow Jesus to be crucified to save us for our sins and all of that, I think, oh my goodness, I could never have chosen to give Lane. Right. Like, I would have kept him forever. But what a beautiful gift that we have. And for me, a lot of the strength that I've found is in reading, reading things. Right. And a lot of that's scripture-based not all of it. Right. Not all of it. I think, I don't think that, I realize and I respect that some people don't share that same view with me, and that's okay, but you have to find your thing. Right. And what is your thing? And there's so much to just, you know, I'd wake up days, and I'd, or I'd come home at night, and I was working in Lincoln for quite a while, and I'd come home, and I'd cried the whole way home, mm -hmm. and then Brian would come home from work, and we'd, I would try to protect him and not act like I was upset because if he had a good day I didn't want to ruin his good day right. and then I'd go and I'd read you know some self-help book a grief book a bible you know and I remember Sam coming into me one day and she said mom why are you crying and I said I'm just trying to find the answers I can't find the answers in these books 
you know? And it's so hard, but you have to pick it up. Right. And, uh, you know, I have, I have no doubt that over the course of the next 30 years or 40 years of Brian and I's marriage, there'll be things. Absolutely. Things we don't agree about, whatever. And that's okay. It's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's, it's about having those disagreements, agreeing to disagree. Mm-hmm. It's moving forward. And um, I'm in it, you know? Yeah, right. And I'm in it with my kids, and I'm in it with the other people around me that I love. And so I, I just hope we can keep helping people with living in the right lane. And I think it can go beyond that. You know, if you think about, like, um, you know, high school students, let's just use them as an example because I get the opportunity to talk to yeah. them coming up here in March, right? So yeah. <laughs> let's, let's talk about that for just a second. You know, as a high school student, you're probably not thinking about, oh, I can spend $500 or $1,200 to help somebody with tires. No, you can't. But you know what? You are a social media goddess or god. <laughs> you know how to use social media. Teach your grandma and grandpa how to do it. Or yeah. use it for good, you know? Yeah. Use it to, instead, there's so much negativity around social media about kids. But yeah. use it to, to float somebody up, yeah. you know? Instead of picking on that kid that is overweight right now, who probably is going to be a stud when they're, <laughs> when they're a senior, right. right? Instead of picking on them, you know, find something good. Mm-hmm. Hey, Johnny's, Johnny's great at basketball, yeah. you know, instead of Johnny, you're fat, you yeah. know? Right. Like, figure, figure out a way, use your talents, I guess mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. And so many, yeah. so many youth have really great talents that they don't share. Instead, they, f- they fixate on the negative things, Yeah, you know? And, yeah. and we can't. We can't do it. Yeah. Because if you have negativity around you, that's what you become. It drags you down. You yeah. become whoever you are with. Yeah. And you have to pick the people that you're with. Yeah. Sometimes that's not family. I mean, I'll say that too. It's not always family. Yeah. It's okay when you get old enough to realize that it's not a healthy environment to walk away from it. You know? I love spending time with my family in Iowa when I can, but there's also a reason that I'm okay that I'm in York County and I'm right. three hours away. Right. It's okay. There was a, there's a, um, when you grow up in a very small town, it's, it was even smaller than McCool Junction, which is oh, our wow. address. It was very yeah. small. You know, when you grow up in a small town and you have a situation like that with your parents, you are judged from the second you're born of yeah. who your parents are. And, um, it's you have to work really hard for people to think you are something different mm-hmm. and for me it was easier to not be there to have to prove that and obviously I fell in love so yeah it was easy to helps. move away yeah but um I think you know you you choose you choose who you're with you choose who you are absolutely so. oh my goodness how do I even follow up with questions Jeez, <laughs> I kind of no. just dumped it out for you no that's awesome <laughs> I mean I know I probably speak for literally anyone who's ever heard you talk about anything, but it's a true inspiration. And Thank you. It's it's amazing to hear all that you've been through and all the really amazing things that you're doing. I mean, you're doing some really impactful things for a lot of different families. Mm-hmm. So um, I do have a handful of questions. First of all, I know that there's going to be people listening to this that are like, I need to get involved. I need yeah. to help. What do I do? Who do I call? Sure. How would they do that? 
You know, so the first thing that I would say is, um, you know, look us up on Facebook. It's Living in the Right Lane. Um, you can read the story I just told you. Um, <laughs> but it also, you'll be able to see kind of what we're doing. Um, I would also invite you to take a look at the Peyton Parker Lane Playground um, Facebook page because that's one of the biggest things that we've done in the last couple years. Um, and I'm very honored to have been a part of that. Uh, I will say Ju Julie Hoffman really carried me through that. She did an amazing job, did a lot of work, a lot of people in the community, obviously, too. So, and Paul Jekyll for really coming to us with that idea. I want to give credit where it's due on yeah, that. Absolutely. But, um, you know, living in the right lane uh, contributed into that project as well and 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 that allows kids to play right next to, to somebody else that has a different ability than they do um and that's really important mm -hmm. for our for our children and for our adults really everybody to understand that you can you can love people and admire them for their differences mm -hmm. um and you need to make a make it a point to do that every day yeah mm -hmm. absolutely um, and then I guess I, I can't even begin to imagine what it's like to go through some of the things that you've mm -hmm. gone through, but I'm sure that there are people listening that can really relate to some of the stuff sure. that you're saying. Um, what piece of advice do you have for them? What would you say they, they absolutely need to look into or reach for mm -hmm. when they're going through any of the processes sure. that you've gone through? Well, first I'd say find the strength in yourself because that's really where it matters. You know, you can look to somebody else to give you that support, but it's really you. You know, it's it's kind of like that whole thing where somebody says you have to love yourself before somebody else can love you. Mm -hmm. There's so much truth to that. And I think um, and it's OK to falter. I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect at all, but I'm definitely not good every day. You know, um, I, I would say to start first with a gratitude journal. Because even if things really suck, you can find something to be thankful for. Yeah. And, um, you know, if that's, I woke up this morning, <coughs> you know, um, yeah. there's food in my cabinet, mm -hmm. you know, because there's kids around this town that don't have food. Absolutely. Um, it's, I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to change the relationship with the other people that I know. You know, it's it's hard um you know i think that grief grief counseling and things like that probably your best resource i really think um misty really at at uh, mess mortuary has some great resources for that misty's a great mm -hmm. friend of mine um cessna and lane were great friends and um so i think that would be where i'd go a church is a great place but if you don't have a church family um maybe think about that for a minute do you need one yeah and um you know again it's okay if not but it's, it's surrounding yourself too with that person that you want to be absolutely you know i it who who is that person and by all means you can private message me through living in the right lane with your specifics and i i'll try to get you connected with somebody um i can i can do that you know between mm -hmm. the people that we know in the lincoln community medical community in the omaha area um and even some in Iowa and Colorado and Kansas, we can try to connect you. But I really think that strength comes from within, and it's a daily battle. It's not a, oh, well, I'm going to wake up and it'll be perfect today, and it'll just stay that way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. Yeah. It's a lifelong thing. It is a lifelong thing. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, well... 
I hate to do this because there's so many good things that I think that we could keep talking for the next seven days and probably <laughs> just scratch the surface. Yeah. Um, but just to wrap things up, um, is there anything coming up? What's new? What's next? Anything exciting for um, you or for any of your groups? Or yeah. Anything? So living in the right lane, uh, we're working on a project right now that will uh, will be helping the ambassador, which is a long-term care facility for kids with special needs who aren't able to go home. Um, mm-hmm. That's in Omaha. So we're working on that right now. Um, and so if anyone's interested in helping us with that, we have a list of things that we need on our Facebook page. It's an Amazon list. Uh, we always take donations, too, um, to help us with that. Oftentimes, we're looking for volunteers. Um, if that happens, I wouldn't say often, but sometimes we are. We'll post that on the Facebook page, too. Um, but you know what? If you follow our page and you pray for the kids and pray for the families that we're helping, that's a really big thing, too, for us. The money helps the, you know buying us um supplies for our blessing bags that we do it helps but you know just that consistent thinking about those families knowing having an appreciation for where they're at is i think important yeah and every time i talk i keep coming up with more questions but it's okay i'm not uh, in any hurry so it's fine um so let's say that i don't have a ton of experience with any working with disability or anything like that but i want to help on you know the respite care side of things or I want to do more how do I learn how do I get that experience and get on a list and be a resource for families right so the Department of Health and Human Services in Nebraska is where you have to go through kind of a certification process to be a respite care provider Um, and so you could definitely start that way but if you have a family member or a friend that already you know qualifies for that talk to their caregiver that they have because um, that's really the shortest way, shortest and quickest way. So like for us, um, you know, we knew the families that needed the care. And so their caseworker, they put us in touch with their caseworker, and then we were able to specifically apply to be able to provide respite care to those kiddos. Mm -hmm. And the great thing about that is that um, relationships continue. So like we... um, both of those families that we've provided respite care over the years, neither one of those kiddos need that anymore. Wow. And um, through the state, according to the state, right? But we still do it for the one family just to help out. Mom and dad wants to go on a date and we'll do it. And it's not often, but, mm-hmm. you know, we're busy. So are they. So we yeah. do it when we can. And um, it's it's wonderful. And the other family we've stayed in touch with over the years. But it's that would be your shortest way to make it happen Mm -hmm. and then it's just spending time with the kid and learning learning about them right you know and there is not uh, yes it can be a little bit scary but they have so much love to give like just put yourself there for a minute Mm -hmm. you know and I I also um get the opportunity to coach uh, some sports I, I love softball obviously with my oldest daughter playing softball my youngest daughter plays softball too she's not as serious about it yet but um so I've coached softball for a long time and um I I tell those girls you know be thankful your legs work mm-hmm. yeah your legs work your mouth works yeah let's do good stuff with it yeah let's not talk bad Let's run and jump and let's do the things that we're supposed to do that God's in, God's intended you to be able to do with those things. You have a healthy body. Yeah. Treat it with respect. Yeah. You know. 
Absolutely. So if, you know, I, I think sometimes we forget that what we do when we're young impacts where we are when we're older. Yes. You know, and, you know, there's certain, certainly things that I did when I was a teenager that I wish I hadn't. You know, right. I made bad judgments and did dumb things and, you know, but I've forgiven myself for it mm-hmm. and I just have to move on from it. But my, you know, to, to those teenagers that I get an opportunity to, I guess, um, be a part of their lives, I want them to know that it does impact things later. Mm-hmm. Whether good or bad, it's it's going to, it changes yeah. things. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. It really does. It does. And it's so hard to think about it when you're a high schooler in oh. the heat of things. and Yep. But the biggest thing is knowing that you can make a mistake today and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk, I talk to the high school kids too about today you might tell me you want, like, let's just use Sam as an example. And she hears this, she's probably going to be frustrated with me. But, <laughs> you know, she's, this is what she wants to do today. Mm-hmm. But if she gets to St. Louis and she doesn't like it, I'm going to support her. If yeah. she gets there and loves it, I'm going to support her. Mm-hmm. She, she's she got her whole life to decide what it is she wants to do. Yeah. And I didn't figure out where I wanted to be in, when I was her age. Right. I started off in school to want to be an orthodontist. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm oh. CPA. You know what I mean? <laughs> a little different. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think that's the other thing, too. I think we, have a, we put a lot of pressure on kids to figure mm-hmm. out what it is they want to be. And the reality is it, you don't have to. No, you know, That's it all metamorphos- right? metamorphosizes into different things over the years anyway. Yeah. You know, absolutely. That's 100 percent true. Never thought I would be here. And I'm still probably not where I'm going to stay. Yeah. Just how it just happens. Yeah. Now, for me, I left Cup Sodi enough. I'm probably never going anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. And I think I'll retire there. And it's amazing. But, um, you know, this part, like what you and I are talking about in my mm-hmm. personal life, if I could make that a halftime job. And, and be able to support the family with part of that, that would be amazing too. But right. I can't imagine, like, I love our clients. I love what I get to teach there, and I love the team. Mm-hmm. And and so that's an outlet for me, and that's part of my joy, mm-hmm. I guess. And, you know, the other thing that I would say to somebody that's struggling is, um, I know I'm going back to a question you asked no, a couple times fine. ago, but I said a gratitude journal. The other thing I would say is write down some short-term and long-term goals. Yeah. Write it down. Hold yourself accountable. Or find that person that you really like that maybe is where you want and ask them to hold you accountable. Yeah. Because, Um, you know, shortly after Lane died, um, I had numerous people reach out to me and say, you know, there if you um, there's a place for you here if you want to come work here, if you want to do these things, you can and I'm like, I can't make those decisions just yet. It's a really hard time when you're going through that stuff. And um, that was a smart decision for me. But I did write down goals. Mm-hmm. And those goals were things that now I do. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's kind of like I said, at the moment when I was in, um, when I was an adolescent and my parents divorced and I thought, well, that was the biggest problem I was going to have or have, right? It was after losing Lane that I realized that being the best business person isn't the reason why I'm here. Right. It's not. Yeah. My why is my family. My why is um, getting to heaven someday. Right. You know? And that was a message that another mom that had lost a child said to me after Elaine died. And at that moment, it hit me kind of weird. But I, she said, you did your job. And I said, my job. And she said, yeah, you got him to heaven. Oh. 
And I, I mean, every time I say it, it still gives me the chills. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not, yes, I love talking to my clients about their tax and their financial statements. I love that. It's a great part. Like I said, it brings me joy. I love it. But I, I more love the being able to help a family that just needs a little bit of extra help. Right. You know, or calling my grandma and talking to her on the phone for five minutes because she's out of breath after five minutes. <laughs> she's that age. Yeah. But just calling her up, she loves it too. Mm-hmm. So those little things that you can do, you know, and setting those goals. Yeah. Set the goal. If you never set the goal, no matter how lofty it is, you're not going to get there. Yeah. So, you know, do it. Yeah. You only have yourself to blame if you don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my other very big pet peeve is when I meet people and they say, and they're 45 years old, and they'll say that, you know, they're, the reason for their problems is because they had an alcoholic father. Or the reason for their problems are their mom and dad never showed them love. Or the reason for their problem was they got a DUI when they were in high school or, you know, got a MIP or whatever you guys call it in Nebraska. It wasn't called that in <laughs> Iowa. You know, it, it's like that was, a, that was a time in your life. Mm-hmm. And you are an adult. Right. Get over it. Yeah. Grow from Use it. Use it to boost you up. Yeah. Boost you up. And I know, I mean, addiction is hard. And I, I understand. I lost my dad. Um, my dad was 54. And he died from liver failure. You know? Mm-hmm. It, it was a terrible disease for him. And right. I, I get it. I understand it. But he let it go too long. Right. And I just, I, I just hope, I hope, and I pray that, that people see that there can be a way out. From anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Oh, man. I know. I, at least for me, with something that stood out for me during this podcast when you were talking, and I think that it is really important for everyone to um, absorb, if that's the right word. But one of the biggest things you can do for people is see them. See them. See them. Mm -hmm. And it seems so little. Mm-hmm. but it's not no it's huge it's, it's huge thing. that's what everybody wants that's what everybody needs mm-hmm. so oh man yeah <laughs> anyways so i think we need to get this wrapped up um i guess do you have any parting words of wisdom or anything before I we know. go i i just i am a realist and i know that the things that are going to, to give me struggles are not over yet and I'm in no way perfect, and I'm still trying to figure it all out. But I hope somebody, you know, finds a little bit of, I guess, help or inspiration. Mm-hmm. And it's just my story, you know. Everybody has a story. So. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you yeah, so, thank so you. much for joining me. Um, if anybody wants to get in touch with April, you can either reach out to us at the YCDC or look up Living in the Right Lane on Facebook. Um, I'm sure she would love a private message. <laughs> so I will let you go. Thank you so yes, much for you. sharing your story, sharing your experiences. I know a lot of people will um, really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Emily.
In closing, we would like to once again take the time to thank our members, the people that help us drive change. We would like to thank York State Bank, Henderson State Bank, York General, Mead Lumber Company Incorporated, and York News Times. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. Catch you next time.